Scotty Hay. Oh, oh raising the ante. Get, we're getting getting intense. Uh, tonight, we are reviewing <laughs> Richard Jewell, the, the true story of the man. Richard Jewell is a security guard. And there was a bombing, and uh, there's a whole big thing about it that... Uh, I, I, not surprising, maybe to people who know or have heard me on this. I, I don't. I didn't know about any of this at all. I'm sure. I'm sure both of you know because Nicole knows this stuff, and my mom was an adult at the time. So I'm assuming you guys both both knew um, about this man. Actually, I I didn't know about this one probably because the the more infamous Oklahoma City bombing was has been portrayed more in in pop culture and tv and movies and things like that so that kind of is where my focus has always been on one of the major bombings of the 90s so i didn't really know about this one actually oh that's probably because usually i know all that true crime shit and yeah this one slipped through the cracks it is kind of one of the ones that it's one of the ones that kind of just gets sort of left on the underside of things because it wasn't i mean there were people that were killed and it was you know it the city of Atlanta was in a bit of a panic for a while at a very serious time. And, and, um, but I think that, yeah, it's compared to like the Oklahoma city body bombing or even shootings that happen at schools. I think this kind of flies under the radar a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised to learn how few people actually died. I, I don't want to spoil, I suppose, because for people who don't know, I mean, it's all true stuff, so you can only spoil so much, but for, for, yeah, for us who didn't know as much, I guess, going in, uh, Richard Jewell, let me find my little, my little spiel here. Uh, the world is first introduced to Richard Jewell as the security guard who finds, who, who reports finding the device. Oh, this is a bad, this is a bad written one. All right, I'm, gonna, not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do this one. Uh, Richard Jewell's security guard, and he has a lawyer friend, and he is in charge, or not in charge. He is a member of the security team at the Olympics uh, in 1996 at Atlanta, uh, and he finds a bomb and uh, helps people helps people get away from it so that the casualties are are limited. And then uh, he becomes the prime suspect, and uh, and it's about that whole part of him. And then you find out at the end if the, what, the, what the truth is. So. That's Richard Jewell. That's my that's my less professional synopsis. Very good. That sounds like a good synopsis. Yeah, uh, and this is I think it's our first Clint Eastwood movie. Who I think people didn't we do the Mule? No, you. We did not do the Mule. Do the mule. Oh, okay. Jess and I saw the Mule and both actually really liked it. I don't know why. I it saw was the like, Mule Tool. I saw that too. The so. Mule Tool. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> people didn't like the Mule. They said it was, it was weird and slow. I was like, eh, I kind of liked it. I, was, I, I like the Mule too. The meals, eh, cool. We like the meal here. But Clint Eastwood has directed just a shit ton of things. He's been in, I mean, he's not in stuff as much anymore, but he's in, you know, he's he's the old, he's he the cowboy. The he's, in, he's, in the he's in the mule. Everyone he knows him as like, every, I don't know if people, young people today know who he is, because yeah. he's basically. That's a sin. Oh, I think so. I mean, I don't think a Dirty lot of people. How recent was that? Oh, Dirty Harry was like in the seventies, or maybe. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if young 80s. people are going back and watching the Man with No Name trilogy, or even know the they know the one. Let's see, what's the most popular recent one? A couple of years ago, like Grand Torino. Grand Torino. Grand Torino. Oh, yeah, maybe people know Grand Torino. That was like ten years ago, where he's you know, yeah. gr- grumpy old man, just kind of racist and grumpy likes, old man. Yeah, car. yeah, kind of. And that's I think that's the Clint Eastwood portrayal. He's uh, he's known as cranky and irritable and sometimes hard to work with and yet he works a lot makes a lot of stuff he's made like three or four movies in the past couple years and he's like 90 something so Clint Eastwood film Uh, I like his work I like him as an actor I like him as a director he gets nominated for stuff he's he's pretty good usually so and then the cast 
awesome cast. Sam Rockwell, Kathy Bates, John Hamm, Olivia Wilde, and Paul Walter Hauser is the titular Richard Jewell, and uh, I liked him a lot in I, Tanya, and I didn't love I, Tanya. I don't know if you guys know him from anything else. Oh! He's, the, yeah, he's that guy. He he's that the, guy. Sean. He's, 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 he's the bumbling Sean. fat guy, and he's awesome. He's yeah. so good in that. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's right. Well, it didn't leave an impression on me that much, I guess, but I guess that maybe just didn't leave an impression on anybody. No. The only part I think of is that and the weird dream sequence where they show Margot Robbie killing, killing the, the girl. Or not killing her, but like beating her up and stuff, but... Uh, we're not talking about that. If you haven't seen Richard Jewell, uh, it's in theaters now. Went pretty wide release. Um, getting decent reviews. Not incredible, but not terrible. Uh, and, What's it uh, got? 73 on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, and like right. 60s and 70s on the user scores and stuff. So, hmm, well, actually, Rotten Tomatoes user score, I think, is in like the mid to high 90s. This is one of those movies where the demographic is being served. Like right. The people who are going to go see Richard Jewell are going to like Richard Jewell, I kind of think. Right. Um, but you know we'll we'll reveal if we liked Richard Jewell because if you haven't seen it we're about to spoil it fully and it's in theaters go check it out if you have any interest we rate things here at films with women in my life based on four criteria and those are the plot the characters the visual and sound and the overall resonance and feel of the movie and i already kind of gave you the plot a little bit um we start with him we we start with this weird mini movie is what it feels like the first 15 minutes where he's like an office clerk and this is where we meet Sam Rockwell's character, who's like a loudmouth lawyer kind of guy, and they strike up a friendship because of Paul Walter Hauser's Richard Jewell, his, his anal-retentiveness and wanting to be, you know, uh, an authority figure. We, we, we learn very quickly. He's aspiring to be a cop. He wants to be a security guard, too. He just he just wants to do the right thing and protect people, and he's all about the law and order, uh, sometimes to an annoying respects- degree. Yeah, he respects those people too. It's not that he just wants to be that. He really respects that. So. Yes, he is a big he is a very respectful of authority and wants to to work with them and be one of them. Um, and you know, we, we get, uh, that part in his beginning. We also get, uh, he worked at a college and we see him hassling some, some drunk kids in the dorm because they're drinking, um, showing that he's just like, it's not just big crimes, like every little thing. He will, you know, it, it needs to be, there needs to be order, there needs to be rules, and it's 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 because the rules. He's a principled, principled man. Um, and then when he gets hired by uh, the, the Olympics staff for the 1996 Olympics in Georgia, uh, you know, he's, he's working at one of the music tents, I guess. Like, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know what happened at the, the Olympics. Like, is this a common thing where they have, like, musical things on the side? Yeah, so they built Olympic Park, which is this huge park in the middle of the city of Atlanta, and they had different, like, venues there that you could go see music and dancing and, you know, cultural things and stuff like that. So that was one of the big, that was one of the big music venues that was probably the biggest. Yeah, they have big artists on there. Um, Who's the Fold'em Hold'em guy? Kenny Rogers. He's one of the Kenny Rogers, yeah. Fold'em Hold'em. The Macarena people are there for some reason, really, really (laughs) putting this movie in its time period. Um, Yeah, that was rude. (laughs) <laughs> and and so uh, I won't describe exactly how Richard Jewell finds the bomb, but he fi- you know he finds a suspicious package, and they find out it's a bomb, and it it goes off, it kills two people, injures a hundred more, um, could have been a lot worse apparently, uh, based on some information we get, and uh, the media treating him as like a hero here in the beginning. They're like, look at this this hero, this uh, hero security guard. He noticed something that they were just going to ignore, and. He was almost not going to go into work that day. Just like, oh, what a what a great uplifting story. And then a couple other characters are starting to look at him as a not a not the good guy that the that they think the media is starting with him. And we see that he becomes a prime suspect. And it's his life, his mom's life, his friend's lawyer's wife or life. They just a lot of unraveling, and it's very bad for him. And 
uh, yeah, that's that's what happens, and then there's a resolution at the end, which we'll get to. Um, Mama Kay, what do you think of the plot of Richard Jewell? Um, I mean, it's his life, so or a portion of his life. I think that um, I have to be honest. I went into this movie thinking that I was going to be. I thought I was going to sleep honestly because yeah you were you were dragging we, your feet a little bit into this one i know <laughs> i was i was dragging my feet a little bit i mean part of it was i i think because i wasn't i didn't really want to relive this story we actually were in centennial park a couple of days before this happened you were there too you don't remember but you were oh, little sure. and, I, I don't i didn't um, notice actually <laughs> yeah so we were there um because it was the olympics we had tickets to a couple different events and so we took you to like brazil versus argentina women's volleyball or something oh, wow. like that oh exciting um and then a couple i believe it was a couple days i don't remember if it was a couple days before or a couple days after the bombing we actually um you know dad and i went to go see the final of the women's gymnastics event which the president and um hillary rodham clinton were there and so it was you know huge Massive security, of course, for that. So, I mean, we did. We spent a lot of time in Centennial Park during the the uh, whatever sixteen days or whatever that the Olympics were being held, and mm -hmm. um, so it was a little like I, you know, I, it's not that it was like PTSD or anything, but it's just sort of like, oh, I, I didn't like this. You know, this was uncomfortable the first time, like when it happened, and how quickly this guy turned from hero into villain, and it was weird and and it felt kind of visceral to me so i wasn't really that excited about going to sort of relive that and i think that the way that the movie was woven so much of it you know everything i knew was very um surface and um esoteric about what happened just sort of what you hear on the news and then you start you know then you as you're living his daily life which is sort of what how this movie is how the plot this movie is driven yeah is how it affects his daily life his parent his mom's daily life the um and and the attorney it it was it was interesting i was i was held i was i was i was enraptured with the uh the story so um having said that i'm going to go ahead and give the plot a three Ooh. okay nicole um so i am always one for a true life crime story um so i especially something that i don't know about because i just you know find this so in interesting that someone decided to make a movie about this man yeah um, yeah i agree yeah like this it's some like i would never have heard about this if clint eastwood didn't decide this man's story was worth telling and you know um I, we see at the end that that Richard Jewell's been uh, has passed away in 2007. So I mean, this, he's not even around anymore to see his story come to life and be able to be told the way that it should be told. You know, um, based on his innocence and what he and his mom had to endure and things like that. So I mean, that's just really sp special that he decided this this event still needed to be brought to light for us. So um, I really did appreciate that. You know, I don't, I I guess because I didn't have any background of this, the first couple minutes, I'll say the first half hour or so, when we're starting to get into it, I may have had a little bit of doubt if he was innocent or not, which is probably like the way that he, uh, this was supposed to go in terms of directing. I think, you know, for people that are new to this, just to have that little bit of, um, I, like, I want to see how this case is going to go down. I want to see how this turns out. Um, and I felt like I was living, you know, at the same time this was happening because I didn't know anything just like the people didn't know anything. Um, 
you know, mm-hmm. and reading these news stories that are coming out and hearing Tom Brokaw say his name and, and guilty in the same sentence, like that was probably so earth shattering for him and his and his mom. And his mom, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just to see all these things unfold as basically the first time I'm hearing it too was actually very powerful. So I thought that the plot of this, you know, for for someone to say, hey, this guy's story deserves to be told and let's bring in these very important people to the case um, to tell all sides of the story. I think that that was very, it was done very well. I'm really glad. I I hope that this stuck pretty true to the story, which I'm sure it did, but um, you know, it it doesn't lead me to believe otherwise, which I appreciate. So I think I'm going to give the plot of this a four. Yeah. um, This is a very conventional plot for I guess a biopic is what it is um, it's right. it, it doesn't break change or break or or reinvent any of the rules it follows them pretty strictly um, little occasionally there's some some corn some cheese a little bit that I didn't like that I think we'll get to more towards the end of the movie um, but I was held the entire time it did not feel long it did not feel like a two hour and 14 minute movie which is what it was um, but I was engaged the whole time I really liked watching this movie and I think the plot you could have, if if I wasn't engaged, I would kind of blame the plot and be like, hey, it's just too conventional. It's like it's a very linear story, and and we're you know, we don't we don't do anything fancy with like time jumps or or you know mysterious things don't really happen. It's just kind of A to B to C, but it's done really mm-hmm. well. I think that's the characters that probably really fuel this thing. But the plot itself is um, Mama K. It's like a three good good plot, traditional plot. Um, the characters, though, this is, I think, the juice. This is the good stuff. I like our characters. <laughs> I like what we got. So, mm-hmm. other than Richard Jewell, and uh, I think I talked a little bit about Sam uh, Sam Rockwell plays Watson Bryant. That's his lawyer friend. Uh, Kathy Bates is Bobby Jewell. That's the mother of, uh, of Richard. Uh, and then our two antagonists are, well, they're really big faceless entities. One's the U.S. government, and one is the media, as Sam Rockwell says. Mm-hmm. Uh, the U.S. government is portrayed by Tom Shaw, who is an FBI agent. That's John Hamm's character. And the media is Kathy Scruggs. That is Olivia Wilde's character, apparently based on a real person. And people in this movie or people, uh, some of the people reviewing this movie do not not think she was tastefully done. Yes, Uh, I was just reading about this. Yes, she she passed away in 2001, so she's not around today to, I guess, defend herself, the real person. Uh, I think the John Hamm character is more of an amalgamation of many different government people. I don't think there was one guy. Uh, but, but Kathy Scroggs was indeed a real person, and she is portrayed uh, unflattering for the most part in this movie. Um, well, do you think so, that, or are you just saying that as what you're reading? Do I think she was portrayed unflatteringly? or yeah. do, do, I... I don't know what she was like in real life, but this movie makes her seem not like a good person. <laughs> like a pre- pretty villainous, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, good at her job, but really terrible person. Like, well, good at her job, I mean? what we could talk about. I mean, yeah, sure. Um, Nicole, what, do you, what yeah. do you think of the characters in this movie? Well, see, I was just reading about, you know, the people's opinion on how Kathy Scruggs was being portrayed in this. And Olivia Wilde actually has a whole Twitter thread of how she's defending herself on this um because mm-hmm. you know they they insinuate with us that she's paying the fbi agent with sexual favors in order to get information and yes. that we see in that one scene in the bar and i mean you can leave that up to your own interpretation i think of if you think this was like a continuing thing or if it's just hearsay because i mean we don't know what happened after that we don't know if they left 
together multiple times and talked about things multiple times. Like I, I mean, the speculation, I guess, is up for your own thoughts, but I, I see where people are coming from with, you know, that this was the wrong way to portray her, that she looked like a floozy, I guess. But to me, I see her as trying to be, you know, this is the way that Olivia Wilde had explained it. I kind of agree with her. They're showing, you know, this was a woman in a man's world during this time of trying to get in the South, of course, in the South. They also don't hold journalist. I think the people accusing this movie too, they're not holding John Hamm's character who, uh, though not based on a real person is doing the same thing she is. And I don't think that's being brought up. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I totally am on her side in stating like Kathy Scruggs was a bold, she took risks, she took chances. She wanted her name to be out there as a top journalist. And, you know, if she had to play the game, she was going to play the game. It wasn't necessarily, she was floozing around. It was that she needed to make sure she was the one that could spill the story that could be on top. And, she did that in the means that were necessary for her. That's why she was in the back of Sam Rockwell's car. <laughs> like, right. You know. Like an insane person. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which scared the crap out of yeah. me. What do you think of all our characters as a whole? So with that being said, I, I appreciated who she was. I appreciated that they showed her compassion and humanity at the end when we're interviewing Bobby. Um, and she had the tears from knowing she's fucked up. Um, I, thought that Kathy Bates was excellent. I always love her and everything. Sam Rockwell is always a superstar in everything he does. And they really casted this well. Like, Bobby and Richard Jewell, their characters look just like the fucking real people. It was amazing. Yeah. They did a really good job. <laughs> they did a really good job. Um, I like. Yeah. I always like John Hamm, too, but I feel like he just plays the same typical thing all the time. But whatever. Yeah. To lump everybody together into a cohesive movie with you know characters interacting i'm probably going to have to i hated that other detective by the way that other fbi guy he was annoying uh ian gomez's dan throwaway yeah he was terrible i don't want him to bring it down because he really was throwaway um but i will give a couple other throwaway characters his buddy from the shooting range is in like yeah yeah you're right i think altogether i'm gonna give it a um 3.5 okay i agree with nicole about um the Kathy Scruggs character. I think there's a piece of it too, that when I feel like when they were probably making the film, they knew that this was going to kind of be a bit of a firestorm um, because she's, you know, because she's dead too. I mean, you got two, two of your main characters are no longer living and in a big, you know, in a big epic piece of right. Richard you know, Jewell history. also passed away, I believe in 2007. So yes, he is also not alive. Right. So when they were in that bar scene, when uh, Kathy Scrubs was in the bar scene with the John Hamm character, I felt like the way that they did it was really interesting because he gave up the information to her. You know, she was being seductive and all of that. And he gave up the information to her. And then there was a little more talking, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden he said, oh, so we are doing this. So I didn't feel like it was actually a I mean, sure, it was it became a tit for tat kind of thing. But I feel like I don't know that he really totally thought that she was going to go through with it. You know, that doesn't really Um, make it seem like it was her idea to begin with. I mean, she's she's a if she's a seductive woman that can get her way using her tactics and she's okay with it. I hate to be like that. But that's Mm -hmm. when we're talking about this particular person, you know, it's it's not like he was like, I'm only going to give you 
uh, information if you have sex with me. That was not the case. Right. No, she is forward. It's it's it is her initiative is what no, it is portrayed. Yeah, as. it yes. it is, and I think it's I think it's clear from the moment she steps on the screen that I think we know who this character is. You know what I mean? I think we know what her motivations are. Yes. Um, she wants to be. She wants to be. You know, the AJC, the Atlanta Journal Constitution's a fairly big paper. I mean, in the South, it's the biggest paper. So. I mean, she wants she wants to be the person that's doing this and she, you know, her whatever choices she makes. But I think that I think that it was sort of a and I don't know if they're trying to portray the FBI in a better light because of that or or what. And and I think they, you know, never deliberately say that the reason that the FBI kept, you know, kind of put him under the spotlight so quickly was because that it came out. But I think that that's an evident piece that we should talk about is that I think if she hadn't had outed Richard Jewell as a suspect that he could have, he might've just been exonerated and no yeah, one have I mean, ever known. Had nothing like, else to go off of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't, and they were ignoring like one huge piece, the fact that he couldn't have done it on his own. Like he had to have had an accomplice. How frustrating. Which doesn't, fit, not fit, the, which doesn't fit the profile of a lone bomber. Which, so they're, they're only. does not fit the profile. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, that's a huge thing is like, cause they were going directly the first few days. I remember it happening the first few days. It was just the profile. This is what the profile is going to be. You know, he's a loner. He's a white, white guy. He's probably pretty, you know, pretty smart. They, and if, I mean, Richard Jewell, <laughs> okay. Loner, white guy, pretty smart. No, he had been fired from every job that he had had want to be cop um, though that's what they were going off of he 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 want he yeah seeks i know to become the hero because he you know whatever yeah right right want to be cop so yeah that's her character um the richard jewell character the whole time he was on screen made me completely uneasy and i knew that that was going to happen going into it because when you know what the outcome of the story is and how uh being in the south and being near atlanta at the time there was just constant constant coverage of everything that was happening in his life like he couldn't go to the grocery store he couldn't he couldn't do anything and the time when his mom came on the tv and was pleading for people to you know for the president to intervene and and it was just so visceral but you still at that point you still don't know i mean if you're at the movie you know there's going to be a turning point at that point you're still living in it like you don't know that this guy didn't do it you haven't you don't um and and, and you don't know for years that he didn't do it sorry i just did i just spoil um i mean hopefully if you're listening so, at this point you've seen the movie or you know the story so <laughs> right we will spoil it uh so he made me really uneasy job well done but it was really hard to watch him because he's his character is so differential to the man and and and, and until dean stockwell really really pushes him um he doesn't lose it and even him losing it is basically smashing the top of a cookie jar I mean, it's not. Uh, he frustrated me so he, much. He frustrated me so, so much. The main character, yeah, like well, yeah, yeah, because he just because didn't understand when when your lawyer is telling you not to talk and you're you're given all this information and or or the part where they come in and they're like, oh, can you talk into this phone and say the there's a bomb there and for, mm-hmm. you have thirty minutes to get away. Yeah. He just fucking willingly does it. It's like, oh, come on, Richard, what are you doing? It's authority. Oh, he respects them too much. I know. It's drives you nuts. I, I know. That's the whole thing. Oh. And and while I was watching it, I really did feel like I was watching the people that were involved in in the whole situation. Kathy Bates was great as usual. And yeah, there's just something about her when she's in that character. I was just like, oh, I feel like she is just, you know, now she's going to forever be that character because she just really nailed it. 
Um, same with Sam Rockwell. I mean, he's so good. He's just so good. He is. And he's the best. He, he really he, is. He's the best. <laughs> he kind of is really, the best. And, and, and even though this is a character that I've probably seen him play like pieces of before, you know, kind of. He was an he was the most interesting. He could have been he could have been the most boring character, and he and he was one he of could, the best. Exactly, yeah. one of the best, and just sort of how his his life kind of you know how we saw him in the beginning, and then he has his own firm, but it's not really a firm. It looks like it's run out of like an old. Um, it's just him and know, his and his um... Union seventy six or Texaco station or something like that. It looks really sad. So I mean, I'm going to give the characters for this. I think I covered most of them. Um, John Ham, yeah, he was John Ham. <laughs> so probably I'm gonna give them also a three and a half. Yeah, uh, I I'm surprised you guys. I I understand being frustrated or uncomfortable with the main character. Um, he I felt so freaking bad for him the whole time. I really oh, did. Yeah. I, oh yeah. I I, I didn't yeah. know the story, but based on the trailer, I, I I just figured he didn't do it. Like it just seemed like he wouldn't. And like knowing who Clint Eastwood is and the type of characters he he likes to lead or have defend this seemed textbook uh poor poor average working white guy uh, getting railed by the big government and the bad media because he's you know he's he's a, a libertarian man he's a very political man um and he's he does not like the big governments and the big media coming in and telling people what to do so i figured he was innocent from the beginning so just knowing that and seeing him day to day oh my god i felt so bad i felt so bad for him uh paul Alter Hauser needs more work he is fantastic oh, yeah, he, was awesome. he needs he needs more roles because he's i've seen him in two things and he's <laughs> the best part of but well it's hard to say if he's the best part of this movie because sam rockwell's in it and he's you know we already said yeah. gushed he's the, knocks it out constantly um best scenes are with the two of but them but he's perfect for this role they they couldn't have cast this better oh yeah no he's he's fantastic i mean i think he can do a lot of different stuff i've seen him do a lot of different stuff but this is a this is a pretty like down the middle for him like i think this is he chewed it up that was good um yeah kathy bates not in it as much as i thought like but you know when she's there she's solid she's got some good teary-eyed moments later on uh and then our villains um i i don't know anything about kathy Rogues in real life i don't know if she was as she was portrayed here i thought she was portrayed very bad here like not bad like Bad acting, because I think she did good. Bad as in, like, she is horribly villainous. Like, you, you cannot... She's a vile She's person. vile. She's vile. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's my own thing. Like, I I, I, I don't... Um, I like John Hammond and everything. But he, he's, I guess, the weakest of the five. Only because he's kind of the most... He has to be, like, the most typical, maybe. I don't know. Um, it's John Hamm. Yeah. He's, he's a good, he's usually not a villainy villain, kind of an anti-hero. He's definitely more villainy villain here. I, I don't know about you guys. I found myself like being angrier and loathing Kathy Scruggs less as the movie went on, even though I started way high and I kind of liked Tom Shaw at the beginning. Like I thought he was just a guy doing his job. And by the end, I, I, I flip, and I really don't like him. Yeah. They kind of, they do flip flop. And the last scene that they're in, in the, when they're in that, the room at the FBI and his, I, mean, I have to say, John Hamm did an excellent job in that. That's scene. the thing is, he's not bad. His Everyone face. else is just knocking it out of the park. So, like, I know, but he was so. He, I think that was his best part. He was so. I mean, he was just thinly veiled, wanting to jump across that table and and just punch Richard Jewell in the face. I mean, he was so angry at being called out by him. Oh, he was yeah. So mad. So, and the diner thing at the end. But he which, had nothing you know. left to stand on. He like there was nothing else he could do. They they had nothing no evidence yeah, for him. It's just to see that deterioration of power was really like eye opening. Oh, yeah. That just 
that killed him. I mean, he was like, you know, as a man, that took that like took his man card away right there. He was just like nothing. Oh, he had nothing. And the diner at the end really killed me because I thought he was gonna do a little redemption and like not and be like, sorry, we wasted your time. Nope. Like, no, he doubles down and says, nope. I still think you did it, and then like walks out after he serves yep. them the beer done being investigated papers. Um, we didn't mention anyone else because I mean, the other agents, whatever. Nadia is in it a lot. The uh, the assistant of. Of Watson yeah. Bryant, he. I think she's got some funny lines. She's she's, she's, fine. she's good. Um. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much everyone. I'm not like a. F- I'm not like a four or five. I'm pretty high on the characters wow. here. I really. I think Richard Jewell and and Watson Bryant are just when they when it's the two of them. I'm really enjoying everything. And uh, yeah. The uh, oh, and one more thing before we move on from the characters. You know who was originally supposed to play Richard Jewell and Watson Bryant? No. No. Jonah Hill was supposed to be what? Richard Jewell, and Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed what? to be Watson Bryant. You imagine how not good That's this movie would have been if, if they were totally there. Totally different movie. I don't dislike either of those yeah. actors. I think that this would have been a disaster if either of them. Because it's yeah, good the that the guy... for Richard Jewell looks exactly like Richard Jewell. Like, I know. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like, and it's good that they pick some a lesser-known actor, because like, everyone knows who Jonah Hill is. Not as many people know who Paul Walter Hauser mm-hmm. is. Like, it would just be Jonah Hill doing an impression. This guy felt like a guy, like they just pulled him off the street, and he was the guy. Yeah. And then Leo... Leo yeah. Would not, oh it's not as, he's not as good as Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's better. So, I mean, that's... Yeah. They, they went on to be uh, producers of the movie, but they did not end up acting in it. I saw that, um, yeah. So, yeah, that would have been a whole hmm. different thing. I think I would have not enjoyed this movie at all if that's uh, how it went down. But uh, visual and sound-wise, Eastwood has a particular style uh, that a lot of his movies go by, I think. Um, a little pretty, pretty stark. Uh, some some slow mo kind of stuff. Uh, I think he's a good director director of tense scenes. I think he can make tense scenes pretty pretty easily. Um, Malika, what do you think of the visual and sound of this? Um, I, I think you're right. I think the especially the last you know several movies that he's made in his older career. Um, I think there's definitely he has a style to it, and that's not particularly a style that I find really compelling, but it really worked in this movie. Um, there, there were there were some slow mo scenes, but I don't think that they were overused. And I think the only thing that was a little much for me was how long it sort of how long we were at Centennial Park before oh, the bomb blew up. That. I mean, that sounds terrible. Oh, I kind of thought I, that I built tension. Like, I, I thought I was pretty consistently worried. I w- yeah, but I was oh, I got to the point where I had, I topped over to the other side where I was like, okay. I don't even know if a bomb's gonna ever blow up, or maybe we're just gonna see like you know. He's not Tarantino. He doesn't an alternate. Yeah, he doesn't change the history. An alternate universe. (laughs) Yeah, no, it just got to be. It 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 felt a little too um, a little too twee for me. Like you know, oh, there's one backpack that's not the right backpack. This one only has beers in it. You know, Um, and then the next they find the real backpack, and it probably only has beers in it. No, well, not exactly. Um, I don't know. It just, it felt like it took a little long. I mean, it did a really, I thought it did a great job of portraying like sort of the festive atmosphere that was going on um, during that time. I don't think anybody, the thing about it is you didn't get the sense of how, I mean, I don't know how you would portray it. There was a couple of scenes after the bombing where like Richard Jewell would encounter people and they'd be like, Hey, great job, buddy. And one of them was like an Olympic team. You can tell, I don't know who it was, but um, that kind of thing. But I just didn't feel like it was very, uh, I didn't feel like I was in that Olympic zone. Like when that happens, that, that whole, everything that happens around the Olympics sort of permeates ev- the city and everything. And it just didn't, didn't feel big enough. 
feel it didn't feel big enough. And after, you know, there were many, many days of the Olympics after the bombings. And of course, that was part of the coverage. But also there was just slam jam coverage of just the Olympics going on, too. So it was paced well because I really didn't I really didn't think I was going to be able to sit and watch this whole movie. So that was fine. The the background, I guess, sound was fine. I didn't, you know, the macarena was jarring like it was when it was I, I was looking out. the same thing. Like yeah. I was, I was yeah. John Hamm in that scene. Like, what the fuck is this going on? <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, you weren't. But but then we were like, oh yeah, Macarena is it that old? Really, the Macarena is like twenty three years old. Yeah, Macarena is like older old. than. than I us. thought it was older. I thought it was yeah older than that. I didn't realize it was no really. Well, see, no, see, and for me, I would have been like, if somebody said, when did the Macarena come out? I'd be like, ten years oh, ago. I think it's older than we <laughs> are. Years ago, yeah, it's a, it is. I think it's about the same age as you guys. That how's that? It's twenty five years, years ago. Two thousand nine. So. The Macarena came out. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry. That's just that's that's how when you get older, that's how your brain works. Everything just kind of either slows down or speeds up. There's no real time. Um, so good. you know, I I mean, a lot of it felt felt real to me. Their little apartment felt little. It felt like a little apartment. It felt kind of claustrophobic. It felt kind of kind of hot and muggy like atlanta would have been during the summer he, he watching his character felt hot and muggy a lot of the time um so i'm really just middle of the road on all of this i'm gonna give it a three oh. sorry okay Nicole. sorry um so there's two scenes in particular that are sticking out in my head right now and they're both interrogation scenes of richard jewell with the two fbi agents and the first one we have is when they tell mm. they lie to him and say we want to do a training video so you know they, they bring him in and have him have try to swindle him into signing that paper and luckily he's smart enough not to sign the fucking paper and you know that that scene was tense because we he's they think he's so dumb but he's not dumb he knows exactly what they're trying to do and um you know l- like l- lucky for him he was able to um not fall for the for the scheme so i I, that scene really uh, i really enjoyed watching that because i I just could tell how serious it was and how okay now he's starting to feel the pressure he knows something's up and i was worried he was yes me too when he fake signed it i was like thank god um yeah but contradict like contrary to that like the other scene where we have the FBI agent sitting down with him, interrogating him to make the phone call and pretend he's saying the bo- there's the bomb. That scene mm. felt so throwaway to me. I cannot believe it because they literally mm. made the trailer this fucking scene. I thought this was going to be the make or break. This is how they found out it's him or not. That he's. Si- I imagine him sitting in an interrogation room. Everyone's eyes on him. Like that. They, they made it seem so intense, and it's literally him sitting on his fucking couch. And I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> like I could not believe that. That's what they really. That's what they were doing. Like I just. It kind of seemed out of place. It really right? was. Like, well, if we're gonna pick one of the most dramatic of parts of the plot of this movie without spoiling it, where you can like you know build a trailer. Like it's a good scene to choose. Yeah, for, right. for the but, trailer's sake. God, I really wish it was what I thought it was gonna be because that would have my hands would have been sweating, and I'm right now I'm just feeling like, oh well, Sam Rockwell's gonna come in any minute and tell him to shut the fuck up, which is exactly what happened. And I'm like, well, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Okay. Um. Right. So. You know, those two scenes are, were the same, you know, the same feeling, but I got different feelings from them, if you can understand what I'm saying. So, you know, they, right. 
uh, you know, besides those, I mean, they, I think they did a really good job of, of making the, the, pl- the place setting, you know, of where this was going on in Atlanta and, you know, the, the, the newspaper agency and all this stuff. Like it was, it felt really intense. I, I really like Kathy Bates in this a lot. I think that she adds a lot to this yeah. movie because she makes it seem like she's sitting at home, hold, clutching her, her pillow and just watching her son's life fall down while watching tv like in her in her little apartment the whole time like i'm just thinking of her and how terrible it is um so all in all her character actually i sorry no 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 her her character actually makes like the richard jewell character more believable like his um his like just straightforwardness and wanting to believe in you know truth and justice in the Mm -hmm. american way i mean her 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 portrayal as his mom and their relationship you know she makes me believe that about him i think if he didn't have that yeah she makes him much more likable and like you want to be on his side kind of thing and and totally believable that you don't think that he's either completely like insane right or she seems pretty involved in his life to know yeah yeah i mean it's kind of, it's it's sad because at the beginning it, it could really go either way in the first work. half hour you could you could see this guy being a crazy weirdo because he's kind of portrayed yes. in the beginning like like he does he stalks sam rockwell and gives him snickers bars because he saw it into this trash can and when he gets fired from the campus police because the guy's like you're a fucking crazy person you're pulling over people on the side of the road you're you're a security guard you can't do that like you it, you could see why you know like the fbi you know, targets him oh yeah on. definitely right. but at the same time those those pieces really i think show that he is just a compassionate person and respects law and respects people above him and tries to do the right thing you know it's not done the right way but he tries to do the right thing so and he is obsessed i mean he's a little obsessed with you know the law so God, he when he that. when he wouldn't fucking stop saying I'm law enforcement just like you, I wouldn't have reached through the screen be like yeah. Richard, shut yes. the fuck up, please. This is yeah. who I am. And that was you can't. I have to say it, don't you know? I'm a slam oh. cookie jar. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was the best part. That was the best part when he said, "You know, you are who you are, and that's why you do it too." But I am who I am. That's and really it's good. Like, there are some really good scenes in this. Um, he's, he's and they called really, him a fat ass yeah. because he was about to eat a cookie. So I love that. <laughs> <laughs> just like but, um, i feel attacked <laughs> uh, i am gonna just give the i'm gonna give the the visual and sound the sound doesn't really have as much effect on us i don't think he uses very much in sense of ominous music that i can recall which i appreciate because this is supposed to be tense i don't need that stupid fluffy music mm-hmm. um i'm gonna give it a four yeah um so i, I have similar thoughts here uh the Olympic stuff feels weird. It doesn't look right to me. Like, it looks fakey fake. Um, when Kenny Rogers mm-hmm. is on the stage, but he's definitely not on the stage and the video's playing. Right. Like, it's just a lot. Of, all the Olympic stuff looks weird. Um, the, yeah, the margarita seems jarring. It's what I thought it was. Like, what's going on? Um, there's a lot of weird stuff there visually. Uh, and the other one, we don't go to it much, but the newspaper office, um, something about it didn't grab me right. Like, I, I don't know if it was the openness of the whole thing. I don't know what it really looks like either. Maybe that's accurate. But the way her de- the the uh, her desk is just in the middle of the whole thing. It just, it, I don't know. It feels uncomfortable, but not like a purpose uncomfortable. Like, a, this is a weird way to do it. Um, but the house, everything in the house looks great. All the house scenes are great. Um, the bar scenes, there's a couple of them. Uh, those are all really good and tense with John Hamm and Olivia Wilde. I think they shine together. Um, I like I like Sam Rockwell's little office. I like 
Yeah. The, uh, any any time there's like an interrogation thing with the FBI, like all that stuff looks really good. Uh, it, it's really just um, <laughs> the the Olympics looks really weird. Um, but yeah, I I, I think I've, we've already talked about all my kind of my favorite scenes. His big speech at the end, really powerful, really works. I really liked it. Um, and I you know the cookie jar scene we already said. Um, the, for some reason, his mom crying scene, not the one where he's, she's on stage. So that's good when she's doing the public thing. But the one where he oh. gets mad at her for having the TV too loud with yeah. bombs on it. He's like, we can't watch movies with explosions, mom. That scene was too much for me. I was like, I got to kind of cut. I get it. I understand where we're all going here. And I, I haven't, you know, I understand the mom's upset. This isn't really adding anything for me. That's like a scene I could feel to cut. But um, I don't have that many nitpicks. I'm just still going to give it a four. There isn't and feel for Richard Jewell because at the end we do, I think we've already said, find out he didn't do it. Um, I like his, in his speech at the end, uh, not the end end, because it's later on, you know, we do a time jump and find out who really did it. But the end of like the arc, the main arc, uh, is when he's brought in for final questioning by, by the FBI and John Hamm does his yelling thing at him. Like, how did this happen? Like how all these people got hurt? And like, you're how explain how that happened. Like he's doing his, you know, interrogation FBI thing and then he does he he does a really human thing and he's like i used to love you guys so much i thought you guys were just the best i thought it was the highest calling one could aspire to be as a law enforcement and he's just like i'm, I'm just not so sure now like it's so it's so that and the scene where he smashes the cookie jar it's this quiet kind of yeah. dumb like like principled but like o- like overly so to the point where he's annoying to people sometimes and like but he just means so well and then when he shows those human those two big human parts oh oh it really works for me uh nicole what yeah. do you think of the resonance and feel yeah uh that scene that you're talking about at the end where he's sitting across from the mm. fbi and you know sam rockwell's uh i can't remember the name but it's watson okay. uh you know his Bryant. lawyer is yeah. His lawyer is giving him free reign to literally say what he wants. And, you know, he's told him this whole time, keep your mouth shut, keep your mouth shut. When you don't know an answer to a question, don't say a word. We're going to take a break. And he didn't do that. He didn't need that because he knew in his heart of hearts what he wanted to say and, you know, how to how to keep his innocence because that's exactly what he was. And that scene was just really intense. It was very powerful. And I'm so glad that he was able to reclaim his innocence right in front of them, you know, to their face and walk out of there with that little smirk that they both had saying, I fucking knew I was right. And this is it. Um, you know, they, I, we won. So that, that was the best scene in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, cause they have all this evidence behind them and stuff, all the broken pieces to try to break him down. Uh, you know, and try to say something that he didn't mean to say, and he passed that polygraph. They had nothing against him, so that was really cool. You know, everything else, I think that the relationship that they showed between him and his mom is really, it felt really real. Uh, I thought that the, that the actors together really showed us what it was probably like for them in real life um, and how they had to handle that media outside their house all day. And this poor woman's white life got turned upside down because of this and there's nothing he could do about it. And it just broke his heart and it made me upset too for both of them. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. You know, I'm, I like seeing real life stories and as far as I'm concerned, of course, like I said in the beginning of this, I don't know this story, but I can say I'm, I'm, feel pretty certain that this is how most of it went down um you know in real life um you know so i think that that clint eastwood did a really great job of putting this together to tell a story of an an innocent man and how it can damage a life 
I, I really liked this movie a lot. I thought it was done really well. Um, I'm going to give it a four. Mom, okay. I also, I also think this was a well done film about something that probably most people, I mean, we're 20 years removed from this, 24 years removed from this, 23. Um, sure it wasn't like that, 10 years ago. It was all, well, that was just the Macarena right part. Right when the Macarena came out. Years ago. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. I know when the bombing happened. I'm just not clear on the Macarena. Um, <laughs> I think that this is just a, something, honestly, that I would just never think about. I really wouldn't. It's not, like you said, it's not like the Oklahoma City bombing, or it's not like a school shooting, or it's not like when, you know, like the space shuttle Challenger blew up or anything like that. Things, These are all like seminal moments, but this is something, it really was a big ordeal for a long time, and... I think that even after he was exonerated, there really wasn't, it's sort of like now with the press when there's, you know, they, they're really big on hitting the big story, but all of a sudden, if that story turns a little sideways or false or something like that, you read about it on page, you know, 27 on, you know, four years from now's paper. Right. So, um, and that's sort of what it was like with Richard Jewell too. Cause when I thought, when I kept seeing the previews for this movie, I was like, Oh, Richard Jewell, the Centennial Bomber, but he really wasn't exactly. the Centennial Bomber. That's exactly, yeah. You know, he really, he really it was wasn't. Life is but ruined. You would think after that it was, but because it came so fast and furious that you know it was really quick that that, that this information came out, and you know he did go from hero, hero to villain so quickly, and they then the rest of the time and the rest of the Olympics, even though it did go on, it was tainted a little bit by this, and so that you were seeing coverage of it all the time, and I think that. I just, those are the things that I equate in my head is that Richard Jewell's Centennial Bomber. So, um, you know, having seen this, it makes it, it, it helps me. It really helps me kind of work through it the a little bit. The tagline works. You know, cause the, uh, the tag, I think it's, uh, the world will know his name and the truth. I'm like, Clint definitely wrote, well, Clint yeah. definitely wrote that himself. hundred <laughs> <Yeah>. percent. <laughs> That's such a Clint thing to say. <laughs> totally. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that that's, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. I don't know whether, um, I mean, I don't think this is going to have mass appeal because it's just not one of those stories. Um, but, you know, it will have resonance and feel with me just because it really, ha now I can start thinking about this a little differently. And, you know, even if you said, you know, Eric Rudolph, who's the actual bomber, I associate him with other things, other terrible things that have happened and that he lived in the woods by himself for like a ridiculous amount of time. But I never think Eric Rudolph's Centennial Bomber. So I think that that it's it's done a service. It's told uh, I got it, Clint. It's the truth. Um, <laughs> and the so truth. I'm going to give the resonance and feel on this the highest of my marks. I'm going to give it a four. Um, yeah, I was surprised that I liked this as much as I did. I'm going and thought it would be like, you know, kind of paint by numbers and in some respects it is, but the acting really elevates it. Um, it's just, and then everything else is really competent and there's some great directing moments. Um, the dialogue is actually really good. Uh, I'm surprised at how good uh, a lot of Sam Rockwell's and, uh, and, uh, Paul Walter Hauser's <laughs> lines are. They're yeah. really actually like yeah. fun and funny and you root for them together. It's a we their intro is weird. I don't know, like it's literally like a mini movie the first 15 minutes is like their little like meetup and then we we jump to later on but i it's a meet cute <laughs> it's a meet cute yeah <laughs> i had to look up the the writer of this because i was like I, I i uh 
this seems like a style or something I've seen before. And he's done a bunch of stuff. The guy, writer's Billy Ray. He's directed Shattered Glass. He also wrote a bunch of big movies. Uh, Hunger Games, Captain Phillips. Uh, he did an Overlord, which is a fun mm. little B movie came out last year. Um, and he's actually written two of the movies we reviewed on the show this year. Do you guys know what movies Billy Ray has written? No idea. Did we recommend them? <laughs> Uh, well, one was Terminator Dark Fate, a movie that Jess and I, for some reason, recommended. Okay. I think I kind of regret that, because I don't know. I barely remember that movie. You're not selling much for me And yet, the other so. movie... Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't review it. Nicole and I The other movie that. he wrote is Gemini Man. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, oh, That's okay, so he writes some, some, some bullshit, too. But I, I, like, I thought, I was, oh. I was like, the writing's really good in this. Who is this guy? I'm like, oh, uh, Billy Ray, whoever heard... Oh, Gemini Man. Oh, no. what a disaster. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, I wonder if he was like writer number 27 on Gemini. Man. It says screenwriter. It's like, I think he was either the, he was either the punch up guy or like the, the main thing. So I don't We'll, no. we'll, we'll okay. tuck that away. He probably doesn't want to talk about that one. Um, but yeah, I was surprised I got a little teary eyed at parts. No open weeping, but like the two, the two scenes I've talked about already where he has his little speeches. They work. They work really well. I think this movie has strong resonance and feel. It's not the stickiest of movies, um, so that's not that's going to keep it out of the highest of range, but I think it's a solid four. Um, and before we get to our final recommends, I wanted to do kind of an overarching question to you guys. Does this feel preachy or unfair of media and and government and police? Is it is it at all? Does it, I mean, obviously, Clint has a slant, and he, it's it's on screen here. And choosing to direct a movie like this is a movie that he would do. Do, do you feel? Does it feel unfair at all, or does it? Or is it? You know, probably as close to how it happened. Oh, actually, I feel like this is pretty fair to you know telling us how this went down. I mean, I feel pretty. Oh my gosh, I don't even know how to say this. I don't care much for the media and how they portray a lot of things in this world today. Um, I don't care for little clips and breaking news and parts and blips of stories that just lead to hysteria for a lot of things which um you know probably went probably happened for this guy they probably left out a lot of stuff about the media bringing up his gun collection or his uh firing from a college security or what have you you know these little things that can paint a picture to a public audience you know on something just really bothers me and that happens a lot in in media today you know if we can talk about um killings or or or, you know hometown things that we don't that that blow up nationwide and we start hearing these little oh back in 2005 this guy had a dui and back in in 2012 he was let go from his job because he stole money like these things paint pictures of people that may not have anything to do with what the you know issue at hand is and the, I think the media really has a has a problem with that. Like I I, I don't want to get too involved because we could talk about this forever. Yeah, but, I just yeah, this is a whole different subject. Because I I, I agree with uh, you know not to get my own my own uh, uh, bias involved in the movie, but like you know I I agree with a lot of the portrayal. But sometimes the villains just seem so villainous. I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't I dislike big government and the media as much as the next guy, but are they are they truly like these cackling like let's I mean, take them they're down? They're still trying like, to do their they're still trying to do their job too. And I think that that's just where the conflict comes in. These people have a life to live. And if they have the balls and if they have the, the guts to do this and get in people's faces and 
leak information about people's lives when it's premature or whatever, like more power to you. But I, God forbid I'm ever in that situation where I'm under scrutiny. I would just, I wouldn't know how to handle it. If someone's leaking all my bullshit that has no relevance to my life, to the, to the story. Yeah. Any additional thoughts on that one, Mama K? Yeah. I mean, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying, Nicole. I think that there's a piece that the part, the part that I have issue with is that, um, everybody makes mistakes and, um, I find that those two entities in particular, the government and the media are really, uh, unapologetic. I mean, they don't really, they, you know, nothing's ever like a real mistake. It's a, you know, it's a misunderstanding or it's, you know, just the, the way that they were cavalier when they brought back, um, their belongings after they took all the belongings out of the house mm-hmm. and then they bring it back and they just march it in like you know mm-hmm. i don't know it was just kind of crazy this. yeah i like that the, the the tupperware which has been like the centerpiece of her mom's yeah. thing like she's like like why do they have to take my tupperware too and then it comes back and a permanent marker it's just got like a, a 38 on it just like a number just like and it won't, won't rub off i'm yeah. just like yeah it's it's a mark it's, you're, you're you're never going to truly go back to normal it's a good i like that little yeah, piece no. not that i want to bring it in a movie that we're going to be doing in the future but the new movie coming out with the fox news scandals coming out Mm. and i think that that will give us you know more perspective into what we think about this media and government combined of how one's life is all of a sudden it's like a flip of a switch when one little piece of information gets blown up like this like how is it going to affect everything involved just think about anything that happens when you know, something happens on YouTube. I mean, that's not even, I mean, it's a media of sort, but it's not what we think of as media, but you know, some weird video comes out on YouTube and all of a sudden it's got, you know, 15 million views Mm -hmm. and it's not something that was meant for public consumption at all. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the lack of balance, sort of the lack of balance that happens when, um, you know, they carry this story on their front page forever. But, you know, like they said, yeah, we're not going to do a new, we're not going to do a, a, a news brief about how you know Richard Jewell is no longer being considered a spe- suspect. Sure, like, but you loved splashing it all over the papers when it happened. You know, so yeah. Yeah, Brennan, what do you think about it? Oh, I think I kind of already said my opinion. I have my own slant. I thought they were a little bit. And I tend to agree with it because sometimes I find movies too preachy and too too much. Um, that are, you know, both the things I agree with and things I'm on the other side of, and I'm more on the side of the filmmaker in this one. Um, but I just, you know, I, I, it caught my eye. Like, I was like, wow, they are really hammering home that Olivia Wilde and, and John Hammer are monsters, like, for, for different reasons. And Olivia Wilde has her, like, mini redemption, but I, it, it's not really even that. She just realizes she did something shitty and feels bad about it. Like, and, and that, that kind of stuff didn't really work for me. And, you know, I, I, it, it, I, I noticed it. Um, yeah. But yeah, there you go. We're a bunch of yeah. anti-government, anti-media uh, haters. Uh, this podcast is. <laughs> I just like I just like things to have truth and balance. Well, so. did we did we find truth and balance in in Richard Jewell? I'll start with you, Nicole. Would you recommend Richard Jewell? I yeah, I would recommend this. Um, it's nice to see, a, like I said, it's nice to see a story that doesn't have as much, um, you know, resonance in today's world as it did, I'm sure, in in the '90s, come to life again, and and an innocent man, innocent man's story being told to us, you know, hopefully as proper as it should have been. Um, so I I always like real life stories. I like crime stories. I like seeing somebody who's innocent be found innocent and the world to know it. Um, you know, that's really important. So I definitely recommend this. Okay. 
my my discomfort with this movie from the beginning to the end um left me leaving the theater almost jittery and i was not i got in the car and said there i will not recommend this movie to anyone because of the way it made me feel but i think that i have to kind of step back a little bit and think about the story and we've talked about it today and i'm you know uh, i don't recommend anybody go to the movie theater to see this movie because i don't think it's a movie theater movie i don't think you need that um i think it's better in your house I don't know where that lands on the scale of recommendation. Well, I think you can recognize it is a technically competent, solid movie and that you just, you know, the, the subject matter is, is not something maybe you, you, you enjoy and like. <laughs> so does that land on a recommend or a not recommend? That's your personal thing. thing. I mean, like, do you, do, I mean. Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to recommend this movie. I, I, I'm i not. Just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, th- I there's movies we've had on here gonna... that are like completely competent and fine and like they work, but like it's if you don't like it, I mean, it, it, it boils is. down to that. It's a good film, and I don't think I, I ever want to watch one second of it ever again. <laughs> and I, don't. I could catch I, this again. I, I wouldn't. That's what be mad I came I out of it with. And... It's, it's like a, the other opposite yeah, is true no. too. Like Nicole and I both love and recommend The Intruder, but that movie is complete garbage. It's horrible. It's 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 it's, it's ridiculously <laughs> bad. Um, but you know, murder <laughs> mystery. Murder, Murder mystery. mystery is horrible um, so, in every way. Yeah. <laughs> would never, ever. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm gonna not recommend this movie. Yeah. Um. I, this is a much better movie than I thought it was going to be, or I thought that it could be. Um. I saw it was getting some decent stuff coming out, and I was like, oh, looks encouraging. But it's also could be like every movie that's coming out right now. I mean, it's, it's Oscar season. All the big stuff coming out right now that's somewhat dramatic and has you know either like a real person or some big topic like racism or sexism or, or scandal. Like you know, it's gonna it's gonna attract buzz. Um, this is much better than I thought it was going to be, and I would recommend Richard Jewell. So, uh, two recommends, one not recommend for the Jewel, for the Julie, for big, for big jewels. Um, what's what's one of the nicknames they call him? Uh, one of the bad nicknames they make fun of him. They call him a bunch of fat jokes, basically. Marsh, Marshmallow Man, yeah, like Michelin Man. Uh, so uh, Richard Jewell is in the books. We've got a couple more theater reviews coming up this year. The big one, obviously, Rise of Skywalker. We'll also have a Star Wars talk. Uh, discussion this week just you know just like we did with the mcu one we don't want the just to get you primed just to get, get you primed ready. get, get you ready because you know we don't want it to be just like we did the mcu talk so that spider-man wouldn't be three hours long we are doing the star wars talk so that <laughs> rise of skywalker won't be three hours long um like the movie is going to be uh and then we've got as nicole said earlier bombshell looking forward to that one and then uncut gems was supposed to be out now but i think it's not going wide till a little bit later so that might that might even end up being a january movie it all depends when it comes out same with 1917 uh uh, a couple other ones. Just Mercy. I don't know if we're doing that one yet, but it's possible if it gets enough buzz. Um, if you guys have anything to recommend to us, though, we're coming up on that time of year where the Oscar stuff's going to start tapering off and we're going to get into the crap and stuff just like so. If you have anything to recommend to us, <laughs> Films with the Women in My Life on Facebook, and I am Brennan underscore Podhost on Instagram. Woo! Thank you guys for being on for Richard Jewell. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy
This show is produced.